Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode number 19 of the Bible 2021 podcast. Today, we're reading Mark chapter 15, and our focus is on the abandonment of Jesus on the cross. Thank you for joining us for Bible 2021. We are a 10-ish minute podcast where we dig into the truth of God daily, reading one chapter a day, five days a week. That's going to be a New Testament chapter, and tomorrow and the next day, two days a week, it'll be from the Old Testament. I want to welcome new listeners in Seoul, South Korea, Kiel, Germany, France, West Midlands, England, Columbus, Ohio, Tampa, Florida, and the Windy City, Chicago, Illinois. Thanks for listening. Our focus is on daily Bible reading. I want to ask you to introduce other people to the podcast. Share us on social media. Share the episode on social media, Facebook, whatever, Twitter. Uh, Let people know about it. Thank you to all of you that are doing that. Some of you, like Willem Dykstra, does it every day. And I appreciate you guys sharing the show again and again and getting the word out. Our goal is to just bring as many people along with us getting into the truth of the Word of God. Please do check out our website, Bible2021.com. We do have a YouTube page where Where What Huh left the following comment a couple of days ago when we talked about the political parties of Jesus' day and the widow's might story. He says, the fact that strikes me in the story of the widow's might is that Jesus has a distinctly different standard of judgment than we have. Jesus did not condemn the ones who gave more, but he valued the widow's might based not on its intrinsic value, but on the spirit in which it was given. I sometimes wonder if perhaps we will be ranked in heaven based on not what we've done in the name of Jesus or the number of souls that we've led to him, though those will, without a doubt, be great gifts to lay before his feet, but rather by things we never expected. For example, what if we are going to be ranked by how many people we have forgiven or how many have forgiven us for our offenses against them? That would make the most forgiving, gracious, and harmonious people among the greatest in heaven. I know of no scripture suggesting such a thing, but offer it solely as food for thought. That is fascinating food for thought, my friend, and good for us to ponder. Now, one quick word on the Shroud of Turin before we get into our main focus. The Bible does not at all make a big deal about the burial cloth of Jesus, but it actually mentions it several times, including today in our chapter, verse 46, after he brought some linen cloth, Joseph of Arimathea took Jesus down and wrapped him in the linen. Now, if you're interested in the Shroud of Turin, I can tell you that uh, in late 2019, I did four or five episodes in this same podcast feed on the Shroud. They were very long, probably close to 45 minutes or an hour each, and you can find them in the feed if you go way, way, way back, but if your feed does not go back that far, all you got to do is come to our website, Bible2021.com, and there is a link that will get you to those four or five episodes, Bible2021.com. Go to episode 19 show notes and you can find all you want about the shroud. Today, though, our focus is on the crucifixion of Jesus. From one viewpoint, it is the worst and most unjust thing that ever happened. Jesus was wholly, completely innocent. Not only did he not deserve to die a horrible death, he didn't deserve to get the tiniest painless splinter in his finger or have the wind blow his hair out of place just a tiny bit. Jesus is the only person who ever lived who deserved not a single bad or unpleasant thing to happen to him, and the fact that he suffered more than any being 
being who ever lived by paying the price for my sin and yours is the greatest injustice in history, literally. From that perspective, the crucifixion is cruel, unsettling, and unfair. The most unfair thing that has ever happened or will ever happen. From our viewpoint, however, it is the most beautiful act of love and sacrifice that has ever occurred. Peter captures the essence of this wonderful beauty in 1 Peter 2, 22-24, when he says, Jesus did not commit sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When he was insulted, he did not insult in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, so that having died to sins, we might live. What a beautiful truth. Him having died, we might live. By his wounds, you have been healed. Well, let's go read and ponder that beautiful and terrible passage. Mark chapter 15, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. As soon as it was morning, having held a meeting with the elders, scribes, and the whole Sanhedrin, the chief priest tied Jesus up, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate. So Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? He answered him, You say so. And the chief priests accused him of many things, and Pilate questioned him again, Aren't you going to answer? Look how many things they are accusing you of. But Jesus still did not answer, and so Pilate was amazed. At the festival, Pilate used to release for the people a prisoner whom they requested. There was one named Barabbas, who was in prison with rebels who had committed murder during the rebellion, and the crowd came up and began to ask for Pilate to do for them what was his custom. Pilate answered them, Do you want me to release the king of the Jews for you? For... He knew it was because of envy that the chief priests had handed him over. But the chief priests stirred up the crowd so that he would release Barabbas to them instead. And Pilate asked them again, Then what do you want me to do with the one you call the king of the Jews? And they shouted, Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Why? What has he done wrong? But they shouted all the more, Crucify him! Wanting to satisfy the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas to them, and after having Jesus flogged, he handed him over to be crucified. The soldiers led him away into the palace, that is the governor's residence, and called the whole company together. They dressed him in a purple robe, twisted together a crown of thorns, and put it on him, and they began to salute him. Hail, King of the Jews! They were hitting him on the head with a stick and spitting on him. Getting down on their knees, they were paying him homage. After they had mocked him, they stripped him of the purple robe and put his clothes on him. They led him out to crucify him. They forced a man coming in from the country who was passing by to carry Jesus' cross. He was Simon of Cyrene, the father of Alexander and Rufus, and they brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means place of the skull. They tried to give him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. Then they crucified him and divided his clothes, casting lots for them to decide what each would get. Now it was nine in the morning when they crucified him, and the inscription of the charge written against him was the king of the Jews. They crucified two criminals with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by were yelling insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, Ha! The one who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. Save yourself by coming down from the cross. In the same way, the chief priests with the scribes were mocking him among themselves, saying, He saved others, but he cannot save himself. 
Let the Messiah, the King of Israel, come down now from the cross so that we may see and believe. Even those who were crucified with him taunted him. When it was noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon, and at three Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which is translated, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? When some of those standing there heard this, they said, Hey, see, he's calling for Elijah. Someone ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, fixed it on a stick, and offered him a drink and said, Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down. Jesus let out a loud cry and breathed his last. Then the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. When the centurion who was standing opposite him saw the way he breathed his last, he said, Truly, this man was the Son of God. There were also women watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James the younger, and of Joseph and Salome. In Galilee, these women followed him and took care of him. Many other women had come up with him to Jerusalem. When it was already evening, because it was the day of preparation, that is the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent member of the Sanhedrin, who was himself looking forward to the kingdom of God, came and boldly went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Pilate was surprised that he was already dead. Summoning the centurion, he asked him whether he had already died. When he found out from the centurion, he gave the corpse to Joseph. After he brought some linen cloth, Joseph took him down and wrapped him in the linen. Then he laid him in a tomb cut out of the rock and rolled a stone against the entrance to the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, were watching where he was laid. So friends, it is not fair that Jesus paid the price for my sin. Not fair that he was abandoned on the cross when it was me. I deserve to be abandoned. You deserve to be abandoned. But I can tell you, I am so grateful for this sacrifice, for this injustice, for this unfairness, for this free gift of Jesus. Well, today, let us meditate on what he gave for us. Let us ponder that and may it produce thanksgiving in us. We'll close with some wisdom from Pastor Tim Keller, who says, On the cross, when Jesus Christ said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That was the straw that broke his back. He had been betrayed by his friends. He had been rejected by his people. Now he was forsaken by his father. Why? He got the aloneness you and I deserve. He got what your sins and my sins deserve. He lost all relationship and community. He was forsaken utterly. Do you know what that means? Because Jesus was forsaken in your place, God will never forsake you. Everything you deserve fell into Jesus' heart, and now he will never, ever forsake you. You can know that, and you can know he loves you like that. Amen. We close with our Bible memory verse for January, Mark 1, verse 15. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Amen. Good day, friends, and Godspeed.